Attention Northwest Arkansas businesses and talent seekers. Introducing Onboard NWA.com, your hyperlocal job board crafted for our unique community. Struggling to find the perfect match for your job openings? Onboard NWA simplifies the hiring process, connecting you with the region's top talent through tailored talent matching solutions. Whether you're an employer seeking expertise or a professional looking for your next opportunity, Onboard NWA is here for you. Discover more at onboardnwa.com and let's build the future of Northwest Arkansas together. Northwest Arkansas, Randy here, bringing you a quick word from our sponsor, Signature Bank of Arkansas. Since 2005, Signature Bank has been all about empowering our community with local ownership and top-notch banking services. Signature Bank's roots run deep with assets over a billion dollars, and they're right here in your backyard with branches in Bentonville, Rogers, Springdale, Fayetteville, and now including Harrison and Jonesboro. With a growing family of more than 200 teammates, they're ready to serve you with the warmth only a true community bank can offer. And they've got Banco C, the first bilingual bank in Arkansas, to ensure that banking is for everyone. So give Signature Bank a call at 479-684-3700 or visit Signature.Bank online. Mention you heard about them on the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast for that personal touch. Signature Bank of Arkansas. Big on assets, local at heart, and a proud member of the FDIC and an equal housing lender. It's time for another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas, the podcast covering the intersection of business, culture, entrepreneurship, and life in general here in the Ozarks. Whether you are considering a move to this area or trying to learn more about the place you call home, we've got something special for you. Here's our host, Randy Wilburn. Hey folks, and welcome back to another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn, and we are sitting in the Furman Garner Performance Studio at the illustrious KUAF 91.3, the only public radio station here in Northwest Arkansas. You guys know that we've partnered up with them and we're so excited to be able to record the podcast here. We still go over to the library from time to time at the Center for Innovation. Those facilities are outstanding. But it's really nice to be here at the radio station where, well, everything is audio. So it just works out perfectly. And so I'm excited today because I have an amazing guest that's sitting in front of me, somebody that I connected with through a very dear friend of mine who is a fellow Rotarian, Christine Cook. Shout out to Christine. She is an amazing woman here in town, amazing realtor, just an amazing person. And she said, you know, you need to meet my boss. And that's how she said it. She said, Stuart. 
is the coolest guy ever. And sure enough, she set it up and I got a chance to go over to that that wonderful gleaming edifices ed- edifice rather over on crossover kind of between Old Wire and Joyce on the east side of Fayetteville. If you notice there's a lot of work. When I first moved here, that whole area was farmland. It's no longer farmland. It's there are adult assisted living facilities over there. I know some folks that have their parents that are living over there and they absolutely love it. And this gentleman that's sitting in front of me, Stuart Collier from Collier and Associates, built a beautiful building right there, right on crossover. You can't miss it. If you're coming up crossover towards Joyce, you're going to see the building. It's a beautiful building. We're going to learn a little bit more about that and about Stuart on this particular episode of the podcast. So I'm excited and I want to get started and jump right into this. So Stuart Collier, Welcome to the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast. Thank you, my friend. And I must say this, too. When Christine was telling me a little bit about Randy, I knew who Randy was. I mean, everybody knows who Randy <laughs> is. And I'll tell you, the kind of the overwhelming thought is the amount of passion that you have for NWA and yeah. this community. And, and I think there's no better person to tell it than somebody who has lived in other places, right? right. I mean, you've lived in some premier places, yes. Boston, California, San Fran, and you chose to stay in Northwest Arkansas, right? And so there's no better testament to just kind of how great things are here. And so when Christine was linking us up, I thought, well, hey, I'm psyched to meet this dude because no, I heard a lot. Exactly. Yeah. No, and I, I really appreciate that. And and so that that check is definitely going to be in the mail because because <laughs> I, I mean, it, it it is nice to hear that. And it's certainly for me, it is an acknowledgement of how how much this area has become a part of me. And it's funny, I was telling somebody as I was driving back to Fayetteville from South Carolina over the past week, because I was there for a soccer tournament with my son, I was saying how much I really appreciate Northwest Arkansas and it's in, in the beauty that's here and, and you know what a great place to live. And on top of all that, we're right at the cusp of a major breakthrough in everything from real estate to just business and, and all of that, as this area continues to grow, as it's one of the fastest growing MSAs in the country, it, it is only going to continue to get better as long as we keep our eye on the prize in terms of what we need to do here from a, a building perspective, from a jobs perspective, from an education perspective. It's all intertwined. And so I'm excited to do that. And so I, I just you know, I'm glad, like I said, when we sat down, I was like, I got to have this guy on the podcast. I have to talk with Stuart to have, have him share his story. A lot of times, you know, we get to talk to people and it wasn't necessarily what I intended this podcast to be at the beginning, but we've told a lot of, of stories of people starting their businesses. Yeah. And, yeah. and that was the one thing that really struck, you know, it really hit me hard when you shared your story. And I think people always need to hear that. I think, you know, I don't know how you feel about this, Stuart, but I think that as a human being, we all need encouragement, mm-hmm. period, sure. full stop. And I think sometimes we get encouraged the most by the stories that we hear. And every time we hear a new story, we're able to take pieces of that story and add it to our understanding, add it to our our way of looking at the world, as well as adding it to the plans that we might like to make in the future. And so when I have people on, especially those that are business owners, that are startups or whatever, I love just kind of getting into the nitty and the gritty. So I would love for you, for our audience, 
just to share your superhero origin story. You can give us the Cliff Note version, but feel free to just tell our audience a little bit about who Stuart Collier yeah. is, and then we'll we'll dive into some other questions that yeah, I have I for you. Yeah, I think sometimes people kind of see where we are now as a company, and and they kind of think, man, well, this guy, he must really have executed a strategy and had a perfect plan. And now here are the fruits of his labor. And I'm telling you, Randy, that could be further from the truth. Yeah. I'm just kind of a a messy guy who's had a lot of trials, hopefully learned from some of them. And when I look back at this thing, I just think the more and more I realize that the people in our lives make us successful. We are never successful in a vacuum. And that was, that's been my story. You know, the people that have kind of shown up in my life have created our, what you would say, success, right? Relatively speaking. So I never, I never had any intention on starting a real estate brokerage. Yeah. I mean, that was not at all my intention. I did get a real estate license when I was in college because it was either work on the farm (laughs) or get your real estate license. And so for me, that was a no brainer. And so I got it and I put it with a a big franchise firm and I couldn't make a go of it. And I got married and I knew that I had to have a W-2 job. I couldn't make it work. I was unsuccessful. I failed as a real estate agent. I failed and was unable to do it. And so therefore, I did a W-2 job running nursing homes and supporting my family. And, and so I did that and had, had a certain level of success doing that. We, I kind of flipped things on their head. I'm, I'm the guy who always wants to rebel, who goes, why is it being done this way? And so we took a lot of the power from what would be the front office and gave it to the frontline caregivers. Mm -hmm. And those frontline caregivers ran the show. They did their own scheduling. They did activities with the residents. They had their own budget and it worked. You give people the freedom and autonomy to do their job as they see fit. And nine times out of 10, it's better than what you had in mind for them. Yeah. And it creates this sense of purpose and shared passion and direction that multiple people can get involved with. And so I recognize that in the nursing home industry, and we were voted the number one nursing home in the state of Arkansas. Again, it was just people. I am never the smartest guy in the room, but one thing I realized early on is recognize good people that are going to do the right thing, give them what they need to do the right thing, and then provide some vision and direction. And so that was the case in the nursing homes. And so we ended up having some success there and things were going good. Things were going good. I was opening up a brand new nursing facility, Catherine's Place, out in West Fayetteville. Newest, nicest facility in the state, okay? Things were going good. I was in my 20s, Randy. I was even, they were even calling down from the business journal, you know, saying, <laughs> hey, he's a fast 15 or whatever it was. <laughs> right, right. And so I, I was doing that and, and feeling pretty good. Well, I had a sidebar to this story. And it was one of growth through pain. I ended up becoming addicted to Oxycontin. And I tried so many things, you know, to break, to break it. I tried 
quitting my job. I tried exercise. I tried vacation. Anything and everything. The problem was I was still there with myself regardless of what was going on. And I didn't realize that the only way was to get outside of myself and get some help. Yeah. And so I ended up losing that job. I ended up having to sell my house and we moved our family from a, a big, nice house down into a thousand square foot apartment, which was fine, but it was an adjustment and it was a challenge. And the, the kind of the going from you were here and now you're here was tough, not only on me, but my wife. Right. And so all that being said, I think the hardest part was not having any release from or relief from drugs and alcohol. Yeah. And so at that point, I had to do something about it. And so I ended up going to a treatment center. Like many of us out there, they don't get it right. We don't get it right the first go at it. And it is progress, not perfection. And that was the case for me. I came back. I still was fumbling. I couldn't put anything together. I tried to start a few businesses that failed. I was still a slave to drugs and alcohol. Yeah. And my life was in ruins. My wife was leaving me. I couldn't see my kids. And I had an overdose. I had an overdose. They shot me with Narcan, brought me back to life. And I ended up spending time in the hospital recovering. At that point, I realized that I was out of options, Randy. I had no more ideas. Couldn't see my kids. My wife was leaving and I was laying in a hospital bed from an overdose thinking, how in the world did I get here? I was just running these nursing homes. I was just a fast 15, <laughs> right? Yeah. How did this happen? Yeah. And I realized that I was out of options. So the only person that came to see me in the hospital was my mom. And my mom came and she took me to a rehab facility in Louisiana. Okay. Now, this one was different. This wasn't the one I went out in California where we did yoga and swim in the beach all day. This was tough. And this was a six-month program in August of 2014. I went into that program and I stayed there for six months. And when I came back, I was free. I had a new lease on life. And in nine years, in, in August, I'll have nine years sobriety. And so the blessings of sobriety are what you and I are talking about today. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It is nothing, you know, I necessarily did on my own. It's the blessings of sobriety. It's knowing that the value of anything, business or otherwise, is in the people. It's the focus that it allows you. And mainly it's the gratitude that's formed. I realized when I was in that treatment center, Randy, that I had more contentment. I had more contentment in my life than I had ever have previously. Yeah. And I was living in a halfway house. So when that hits you, you're going, man, I can experience this outside of my circumstances. Yeah. Then life gets real light. The business, it can do whatever it wants to do. Because I've had contentment in a halfway house. So you just, you wear the world like a loose garment and you allow people to reach their potential and you allow people the support to do that. And that's what we've done in this real estate business. I had no idea I was going to start one. We had some people come over. 
I started seeing real estate transactions and started seeing how things were being done. And I thought, Randy, we could do so much better. Why is it being done like this? Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, it was just a lot of this kind of old man in a suit trying to convince <laughs> you to do something. Right. And you're just going, wait a second. What if we what if we brought a different feel? So real estate done differently was born. And we are the fastest growing firm in the state. And we don't recruit. It's attraction versus promotion. And we have some of the best, most honest, hardworking people that have this sense of making a change and being driven with purpose. And that, again, was recognized from the nursing home days going, the people that are closest to the customer have all the insight into any business. Yeah, It's not me up in this front office. It's the people that are the closest working with the customer day in and day out. So we're an agent-led firm and our agents lead our firm. But I can tell you this, the biggest gift has been not the business and not the new building and not the success. The biggest gift has been in the gratitude that I get to have based on some of these really, really hard and challenging circumstances in the past. So today I say I am a very very grateful recovering drug addict and alcoholic. It's that gratitude that those experiences provided that has allowed me to not take things so seriously because I've been at the bottom, man. I mean, the bottom, almost dead. And so everything in my life today is icing and that instills a sense of gratitude and it allows me to allow other people to have some autonomy and not try to be super controlling. But it's a lot of fun too. It's a lot of fun to operate business in that regards, to get around people that want to do the right thing. You arm them with what they need, and then you just have fun doing it. Yeah. You know? So a little bit in a nutshell, I mean, that that's a lot, I know, and that no, might even I, be what you want, but... Well, that's that's exactly what I wanted. And, you know, when I heard it before, I was like, oh, man, I, you know, I love hearing those riches to rags to riches stories. And, and, and that's not so much about riches, but I mean, we always root for an underdog, right? And at least I think so. I prefer to root for an underdog, somebody that's had, you know, life come at them at 90 miles an hour and you have to deal with it. And it's there are always going to be challenges there. And, you know, I know there's a good book I read that says trouble you will have with you all the days of your life, Mm -hmm. but you can overcome that. And so I think that your story really resonates with me just as as somebody listening to it. And I can appreciate it. But I know there are a lot of listeners of the podcast that will appreciate you know, a comeback and will appreciate what you've been able to do in really short order. I hope people aren't missing the fact that, you know, you you were in 2014, that was just less than a decade ago. Mm-hmm. You know, you were you were really going through some things. And in a very short period of time, there was just a change that took place, which, you know, I certainly applaud you for. And again, I've had I've had some folks on. I had um, a gentleman named Christopher Thompson on. He created this app called Sober Sidekick, and he talked about his journey from alcoholism to getting sober and and just what it took to get there and how he, you know, he was at the bottom mm-hmm. and he had to go through rehab and, you know, he's been changed because of that. And out of that was born this app, which really helped people that were going through sobriety to not feel like they were going through it alone. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that was important, but I, I appreciate you sharing that story because there is somebody out there that is as gifted as you are in business, but are struggling right now. And they may hear their story and it may help them to say, you know what, 
If Stuart could do it, I can do Amen it. Amen to that. And that's the case. If yeah. I can do it, anybody <laughs> can do it, buddy. Yeah. yeah. So, no. So that, that's, that's the hope, isn't it? I mean, I think we're given these experiences so that we can leverage them. Yeah. And if I sit and put my head in the sand and act like none of this happened and act like, you know, I've got it all together, well, then I'm not leveraging my experiences to help somebody. Sure. And so, yeah, it's a little weird and maybe even uncomfortable to give this kind of raw detail about my life, but I know that I have to do it because if I didn't, all those experiences would be pointless. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think, you know, sharing your testimony, being transparent about some of the challenges that you face in life, period, are very freeing, not just for us, but there's always somebody listening that just needs to hear that story. So, I mean, even if one person Absolutely. It's fundamentally changed by virtue of that, then that's worth it. Absolutely. That is worth the price of admission. So so you started out in real estate back in college, then you moved over to nursing homes, which let's face it, it's a very high growth area. I mean, extremely high growth. I mean, the boomers are graying or continuing to gray. Gen X is starting to retire. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the first Gen X is going to turn 60 this year. Mm-hmm. So I think it's interesting to see how many changes are taking place in, in, in our society. But then there's the real estate piece. And I think that, you know, especially in an area like Northwest Arkansas, where, you know, for the longest time, people, you know, it was pretty easy to get a house here. You didn't have to struggle or go through. I mean, when we moved here, we were like, oh, man, it's like, I'll take three. You know, I'll take one in brown. Yeah. I'll, take a, I'll take a yellow one and give me a red one, right? And it's <laughs> like, you can't do that anymore now, right? And, right. It's, and it has changed fundamentally which leads me to think that there is even a greater value in having a trusted agent on your side to help you through the process. I would love for you just to kind of share with our audience, since people that are listening to this, some are living here now, Mm -hmm. maybe they want to buy a home. Mm -hmm. There are people that are thinking about moving here Mm -hmm. and you know, you've got different groups of people that are coming here. You've got mm-hmm. those that maybe are leaving California mm-hmm. or are selling their home and then they can come here and buy cash. Yep. That creates a bit of a problem yep. for some people. There are others that are coming here and want to kind of start and build a foundation for themselves and they want to buy a property. So what would you say to people listening to this podcast about this, the real estate marketplace here? What have you gleaned mm-hmm. in the past few years that you've really built up Collier and Associates? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. And there's a lot of implications to that question. You know, I think with all of the people relocating, so you've got about 1,100 a month relocating to Northwest Arkansas. And as you said, a lot of them are coming from more urban areas. Hence, the price of their houses are significantly higher when they sell. And so they're coming to the table to NWA with cash. When they're coming with cash and they're willing to pay full or asking or over, then what is that doing? It's going to continue to drive up the prices for people here in Northwest Arkansas. So while it's been a great thing to have people come in from outside of our area with equity money to invest in real estate in Northwest Arkansas, it has been a challenge for affordability, right? And so- And so, you know, what we're seeing is different groups and different municipalities trying to come up with some solutions. I think we are a long way off. But one thing I know 
is that we all have to get together and work on the same sheet of music. Everybody has to lose a sense of their own personal agenda and create a unified agenda to get it done, or it's just not going to get done. You know, I mean, if you want affordable housing, well, then it's hard to say no more Ross Coleman houses, (laughs) right? Right. I mean, no, that's providing a solution to a problem. And so people are going to have to get on the same agenda. Now, I will say that what we've done as a firm, we understand the value of not just selling the brick and mortar, but selling the community associated with that brick and mortar, the lifestyle that goes with that brick and mortar, the quality of life that you get when you purchase a house in Northwest Arkansas. Right. You go over to East Fayetteville, you get Gully Park, you get Mojo's, you get locals, you get Eastside Grill, you get schools, you get trailheads. And so we have created a marketing system to indicate the lifestyle that NWA affords people when they buy. Yeah. And then some other things that we've done to give our agents a competitive advantage. And frankly, it all goes back to the client. So if we are if we are serving our client in a great way and we have systems to do that, it does give our agents a competitive advantage. And so early on, we employ really high level videography. Sometimes we're putting actors and actresses into the houses to indicate the amenities. It may be that they have a great pool. Or it may be that they have a barbecue. And so we're actually putting people in that house, living in that house and showcasing that. And then also we have a concierge program where our agents can enroll their clients where they receive save the date cards. We transfer your utilities through utility concierge. It's a hands-free, high-level, high-touch You move out of your house and you move into the new one and you may have a fridge stocked and a pizza on the way. We deliver boxing packages with tape and set up the movers and the packaging company. So it's a really high level concierge. And then after the sale, there is a program that we do. It's a loyalty program. But instead of just following the person, we follow the house. So in six months, you have probably gotten a card from your realtor that says, happy birthday, Randy. Well, that's great. You appreciate it. But what if we you got a card that said, hey... We replaced the hot water heater when you purchased this house three years ago. Here's a person to come out and check it and here's the cost. Or we noticed that the roof was 12 years old when you bought it. If you haven't updated the roof, here's superior roofing or somebody else to come out. And so we're following not only the person, but we're following the house and we're really adding value to the process from the very beginning to the very end. We want to be your real estate consultant for life. That's not about filling out paperwork. AI is going to take that away anyway. (laughs) I mean, come on. Anybody can fill out paperwork. It is about lowering pain points. It's about negotiating. It's about getting the best deal. And it's about being your real estate consultant for the life of the property. Yeah. And continuing to add information and value concerning that property for the life of the property. And so I think what I hear you saying is that the focus or the place that you operate from, you being you, you personally, as well as everybody that works at Collier and Associates is from a place of relationship and not a place of transaction. 100%. So, and I think when you have that, then, because I mean, again, I have relationships with people that with, from companies that I don't even work at anymore, Mm -hmm. but I still have those relationships. 
And those relationships are really, are like hugely valuable to me. I mean. Hugely valuable. That's the whole point of us doing, that's why you're doing this podcast, bro. Yeah. So you can have a relationship. That's why we're selling real estate. Yeah. So we can have a relationship. All business is, is a way to create, establish meaningful relationships, even money. Like all money is, is so you can go deeper in a relationship. We just got back from Aspen, my son and I. Yeah. But you don't have to go to Aspen to establish a deeper relationship, but money can still provide opportunities for relationships and going deeper. We went out in the mountains and we hiked and we sat down by a stream and talked about his next phase in life, moving to Arizona as an 18-year-old. Wow. And so even money, when seen as not a means to an end, but a means for a deeper relationship, becomes powerful yeah. and meaningful. Yeah. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So how do you, I mean, obviously you said you don't, you don't recruit, you attract mm -hmm. agents that come to you. And so, you know, like I always tell people, like attracts like, right? Mm -hmm. So an agent that kind of gets it will probably attract other agents that get it. Facts. Right. So I think yeah. of like Christine Cook and I think of just the type, I mean, she's just infectious. Her mm -hmm. personality is, and she's bubbly. And, you know, every time I see Christine, she's always like, you know, how can I help? Yeah. And it's never, you know, it's always a hand out, never just never asking for something, but always giving something. And I think that's, I mean, that's, that's important. I mean, certainly that is a Rotarian way of things, right? It's always mm -hmm. service above self. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of people take that to their jobs and take that to the work that they do, their profession, their craft. And I think that's important. How do you continue to develop those skills and give all of your people? Because you have, what, 200 agents now? 220. That's a lot of agents. Yeah. I mean, I was scrolling through your team. You know, you have a, if you go to their website to call your and associates, if you go to their website and they have a little thing on there called our team and you can look at the team of, of agents. But you could be scrolling for a while and you'll still be in the B's and C's. <laughs> it's like, it took me a while just to get to you. And I'm yeah. thinking, man, what's going yeah. on here? Yeah. So, I mean, it's great that you're attracting, you know, such talented individuals that want to be a part of something special. How do you, I mean, how do you, it still takes mm -hmm. some creativity mm -hmm. and skill mm -hmm. to marshal and shepherd all mm -hmm. of that. You're exactly right. And it starts in the beginning. We do not just let anybody in. I, and we bet on the person. It's not just about how much sales volume they've done in the past. It's about betting on people. And so it starts in the beginning. You've got to make sure that the people are going to be in alignment with who we are. We're inclusive, man. You know, we're giving. We are, we have a spirit of collaboration, you know. We're positive and not positive in kumbaya, but willing to continue to see solutions when we come up against problems, positive, critical yeah. thinking. And so it starts in the very beginning. And it's funny, Randy, even if somebody is not bent toward that, or maybe they've, they've just, maybe they've been going through a divorce, maybe they've got a hard time and they're a little bit bitter, you know, at this mm -hmm. season in their life. It's crazy whenever you put that person around 50 other people <laughs> that are doing these things, yeah. boom. They just, it flips them. And that's the powerful thing. You know, yeah. that's the powerful thing. It flips them and they start kind of experiencing some of that. Huh, that's yeah. exciting. Yeah. 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 And so the group corrects course for those individuals that are going through a rough time. Yeah. And so it's almost like, it's not that it's on, on autopilot. And certainly I'm sure people seek you out for advice and guidance and wisdom and just, you know, an encouraging word from time to time. But 
they can get that from their peers as mm-hmm. well. And because nobody is being competitive, like, oh, I've got to outsell you this month or, That's you right. know, it's a different, it's a different mindset. That's right. That's right. And, you know, when you think about it, you see all these realtors, which I always get in trouble. But that's okay. I like getting in trouble. But you see all these realtors. Oh, I sold $3 million last week. Yeah. Well, who cares? How many attorneys do you know that go, I built 100 hours last week. Look how rich I am. Right. Come on. Right. Like nobody cares and it's self-serving. And so we don't do any of those kind of like volume promotions, look at me and, and that sort of thing. I mean, It's just not the culture. And so when you have somebody come in who's new or maybe they're just a single mom trying to make it, dude, like we're not going to make them feel less than because they can't do $10 million. And it's a push to get them up to doing that number. Sure. Right. Yeah. And so there's a lot of practices, kind of like what you were saying, that help with that, that we do as a firm. But mainly it's just the group correcting the the group. Yeah. So what are you, I mean, what are you hearing since you're kind of right at the forefront of it from a real estate perspective? And I know you guys have meetings and and you talk with your colleagues, but what are some of their biggest concerns about the real estate market here in Northwest Arkansas? Because again, that's the elephant in the room for a lot of people, you know, and I've mentioned this before in programs that I've done with the Northwest Arkansas Council, but I remember having a conversation with Chef Raphael from Yeos Mm -hmm. and Rafael Rios and you know, he told me he lamented how hard it was now for him to get staff that could live near his restaurant. Mm-hmm. And that's a real problem. Mm-hmm. And he's just that's just one. That's a microcosm of a bigger problem. Mm-hmm. And so I'm curious to know how you guys are looking at these issues that are coming up, mm-hmm. because, you know, housing affordability is a real issue. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we don't want to be down the road like some of these great metropolitan areas, like where I just came from, Boston, where, you know, you've got police officers and firefighters that have to live 40, 50, 60 miles from the city of of the town that they serve because they can't afford to live there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's an issue. And it's like you see the wave coming. Yeah. And it's the question is, are we going to be able to surf it or is it just going to hammer us and pound us into the sand? Because it's out there yeah, and it's coming. And I think on a very fundamental level, I think you can get as granular as you want and you can start picking, well, this person needs to do this. But on a very fundamental level right now, I can unequivocally say we need more inventory. We need more housing inventory. I know that the rates have went up, but goodness gracious, they're still only at 6.75. The average in, Which in the is last a, 50 you know, years is a bargain because I yeah. remember a time, I'm not that old, but I know I have friends that were like, yeah, when I bought my first house, it was 18%. Right. I remember when I got like seven and a half in 1999 and I thought I was doing something. Yeah, I was yeah. excited yes, about that. Yes. And you know, we, I mean, our, the rates just went stupidly low mm-hmm. in the past Correct. few years. And so everybody just assumed that they're always going to be that Correct. way. I mean, that's just not the case. Correct. The markets go up and they go down and things adjust and change. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and so, yeah, I mean, that you know, this six and a half, seven percent right now might be our new normal. And that would be OK. Yeah. And that would be OK. And so we have to make sure that that message is communicated with these builders. If there's builders listening to this right now, Randy, here's what I'm saying. We have qualified buyers. OK, we need inventory, period. People are continuing to move here yeah. at a rate that was even faster than 
pre-COVID. Right. People in these urban areas are going, I want to go somewhere that still has amenities, but opportunities for outdoor activities and some privacy. And we are on the map more so than we've ever been. And so builders need to hear, we have qualified buyers. We need more inventory. And so from a from a more of a macro level speaking regionally, we need more inventory. Now, once we get more inventory, that's going to bleed in and it's going to help alleviate some of the issues with Yayo's not having anybody that can live around his restaurant because it's city center. But if we don't have more inventory, then we can't even have a conversation about city center inventory. Yeah. You yeah. understand yeah, what yeah, I'm saying? Sure, yeah. And sure. so, and then the other thing that we can do, again, kind of like what we were talking about earlier, we all got to get on the same page. And I mean, real estate developers, builders, brokerage owners, municipalities, and then partners. And so these municipalities at the end of the day have all the control. Yeah. And they have to start listening to these players through the public. And so the municipalities, they may have to shorten their impact fees in and around the city center. They may even have to waive them. They may have to subsidize some of the utility upgrades if those are needed. But everybody's going to have to come to the table. Everybody's going to have to drop their own personal agenda and focus on a general outcome that works for everybody. And as long as you have people promoting their individual agenda independently of the rest, then it's just it's the waves going to slam us into the sand. Well, I mean, I think for a lot of people that are that are listening to this, I mean, everything that that you're saying, Stuart, is perfectly it makes a lot of sense. And we can't take a zero sum game approach, right, where it's going to be winners and losers. I think there is a way that we can advance real estate and the real estate market and housing in Northwest Arkansas, where it's not only fair and equitable, but it's also profitable for everybody involved. Right. right? So it doesn't necessarily mean that, oh, you've got to have the haves and the have nots. You can, I mean, I think we're still in a place. I mean, I've talked to Wes Craiglow with the Urban Land Institute who said, there's still a lot of infill available Mm -hmm. in Northwest Arkansas. Mm -hmm. We just have to build it Mm -hmm. properly Mm -hmm. and steward that space that we have because we're at a place right now, we're at an inflection point where we haven't grown so much that we can't go back and correct some things. Mm -hmm. And I think, but that requires everybody. I mean, it it requires the Stuart Colliers of the world. It requires the city planners, you know, the Matthew Petties. It it requires a little bit of everybody to play a role in this and look at the bigger picture of what do you want Northwest Arkansas to look like you know, for your children and maybe even for their children in the next 25 to 50 years. Yep, You're exactly right. I could not agree more. That is well said. And it's going to take you too, Randy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you've got a voice. Yeah. It's going to take the citizens. It's going (laughs) to take all of us. Yeah. Because it is a dynamic proposition with a lot of moving pieces. And I think you're right. I mean, I think that there is a way. We're not just saying the government should subsidize everything and nobody, builders, developers, nobody should make any money. They do it out of the goodness of their own heart. No, that's not real. Right. But there is a way to create a winnable situation for everybody. Yep. Absolutely. It's not a zero sum game. Like you said, I love that. But there is a way to do that. Yeah. No, I agree 100%. And I I think that everybody that's coming to the table right now 
with like an, an openness, like how, how do we do this together? Mm-hmm. I think it makes a lot of sense. That's why I applaud the, the work that the Northwest Arkansas Council is doing, because they see the writing on the wall and they're like, OK, we have to you know stay ahead of this mm-hmm. curve mm-hmm. and we need to create meaningful dialogue and conversation where we can all learn from it. That's why they did. They, they're doing a speaker series this year at the time of recording this. And they're they are bringing in experts from all over the country that have kind of been there and mm-hmm. seen where we are actually going in Northwest Arkansas. And they're giving us insight into how the their respective locations or areas or the places that they've studied, how they made right turns mm-hmm. and wrong turns mm-hmm. and how we can avoid and kind of circumnavigate some of the pitfalls that a growing region runs into. NWA Council's doing that? Yeah, absolutely. You got to get me in on that. Oh, I, yo, you're in. Trust you me, you're in. in. I, in actually, though. I need you. Matter of fact, at the time of us recording this, there is an event. The third installment of their speaker series is taking place at Crystal Bridges. If you're listening to this, this will have already happened when you actually hear this episode, but it's okay you need to go to the Northwest Arkansas Council website and just sign up, get on their email list. If you're interested in finding out more, reach out to me, hello at IamNorthwestArkansas.com. I will connect you with the folks that you need to connect with, but people like Duke McClarty and others mm-hmm. at the council are doing some great work to make sure that we being collectively, those of us that have a dog in the fight or a stake in how we see this area grow, this region grow, in the next 10, 15, 20, 25 years that we have a platform to work from. Mm -hmm. And it's open to everyone. They're not excluding anybody. They're constantly telling me, invite everybody to come to this because we need all stakeholders Mm -hmm. at the table. Nice. Nice. So, yeah. So, yeah. So I will make sure that you, you are involved and I'd love to see some of your agents participate in this because that also gives them a much wider berth of understanding mm-hmm. that they can then, because they're on the front lines, they can transfer that information directly to the end users, those that are out there buying, those people that are coming into town because they're thinking about taking a job with some CPG company or Walmart or mm-hmm. JB Hunt or Tyson, and they want to look at what the real estate market will be like. And they sit down with your agents and only have 48 hours to see what they need to see you can be able to provide them with some insight that they're not going to get from a website. Mm-hmm. You know, it would be cool. And I was just thinking about this as you were talking, but if we could identify the demographic or the individual and say, we need to provide housing for this person. Well, what about your mail carrier that works their butt off, that makes, you know, 45 to 55000 a year. Well, how can we make it possible that they own a shelter, yeah. a house, yeah. housing in Northwest Arkansas? They should be able to create wealth and build equity. How do we do that? Do we get with lenders and we create these programs for low rates? Do we get with the municipality? What do they do? And then how do we help the Procter and Gamble person that wants to live down here too that makes two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Right, they're good too. Right, absolutely. Yeah, like they're yeah. good. They're helping. They're good. And so then, how do we help the sales rep? Right. So how do we create these demographics of people and go? Let's get in their shoes. Let's walk alongside them and figure out these buckets and what they need. Yeah. 
there's value in that, Randy. There's tremendous value. But it's going to take everybody. Yeah. It's going to take everybody. And maybe it's even contacting or writing grants for these mail carriers if there's possibly money out there. Connecting that with lenders, helping a lender create a specialized program like Maybe the city does some things on their end to discount whatever it is, even utility hookups or utility costs subsidize at 50 percent or, you know, and these are dreamy things. But I think if we can get in line and walk the shoes of these individuals and go, here's what it takes at the end of the day for them to get in a house, then we're actually able to solve some sort of a problem because it's not going to be a blanket thing if we just do this will meet the need sure. because there's so many demographics and buckets of need. Yeah. And you bring up a grill. You really get me excited. The hair on the back of my head is standing up because, you know, this is an area that I've had some experience in. And, and I, to be honest with you, living in Massachusetts really opened my eyes to what is possible. And I'll, I'll just I'll throw a couple of things out there that are table stakes for anybody listening that needs to think about this one. You know, the state housing finance agency needs to take ownership of a lot of the opportunities that are available. I don't know what the state housing finance agency looks like in Arkansas, but in Massachusetts, it's the program. The state housing finance agency is called Mass. uh, It's got a name. But anyway, the, the long and short of it is it's a housing finance agency and they actually it's called Mass Housing and they marshal or administer a lot of the. CDBG funding, down payment assistant programs, Mm -hmm. the DAP programs Mm -hmm. that are eligible here for the longest time. People didn't need that, right? Because you could easily get a house and or somebody would give you the money or whatever. And I remember the first house that I ever bought in Boston, I wouldn't have been able to buy it without the down payment assistance program. My grandmother had just left me some money in a will, which I was thankful for having. But then I was also able to tap into some DAP funds because housing was expensive in Boston. And I was able to do that. And, you know, some of that was like a soft second, you know, didn't carry a whole lot of interest. And the whole goal was to promote home ownership. Mm-hmm. And there are ways that you can do that here mm-hmm. for that letter carrier. For that You've person. been through that. I've been through wow. that. So, yeah, I mean, so these programs exist and they exist in other more mature housing markets. I think they need to be thought about and looked at constructively Mm -hmm, for how they could be implemented right here in Northwest Arkansas and Arkansas, period, the whole state, right? I mean, so there are all kinds of opportunities. And I think a lot of these conversations that are happening now at the level that the Northwest Arkansas Council is encouraging, and then, you know, the conversations that you would have with your peers and other real estate owners, real estate agency owners, I think it, it can make a huge difference, right? Because you're at the forefront of it and all of your people, you have 200 mouths that can share and project this information out mm-hmm. and give people the education that they need about what is possible. Mm-hmm. Because it's going to come very soon where you're going to get people that want to buy, but can't quite get over the hump to qualify for that house that just a couple of years ago was selling for two. 79 and it's now on average 479 or 550. It's you know and I only I know this all too well because you know living in Boston yeah. the housing prices were ridiculous and they're even more ridiculous mm-hmm. now but I just don't want to see that for Northwest Arkansas and for Arkansas as a, as a whole and I believe that people like yourself and others and what the council's doing could make a difference mm-hmm. and kind of help us avoid you know, the challenges from a real estate perspective of the haves and the have nots Mm -hmm. 
in the future. Mm-hmm. And so it, I think it's, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of real possibility it's there. A it's, it cause. It a cause. Way, it's a worthy cause. It is a worthy cause. It's a worthy cause. Yeah. I mean, between housing affordability, between workforce development, right? Because we got to mm-hmm. continue to train people sure. and equip them to be the best version of themselves and whatever career they choose or whatever careers, multiple, right? Because everybody's got a side hustle now. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sure there's some agents oh, that yeah. work with you that do other things as well. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's the beauty of it. And I think we all need to be open to how things are changing in our environment and embrace them. But you've, you've brought up some really good points that people in Northwest Arkansas and anybody thinking about coming to Northwest Arkansas need to think about mm-hmm. and talk about before they make that transition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. And there's so much upside here. You know, I think if we can get people into home ownership and specifically just these middle wage earners, if we yeah. can get them, then they can really have an opportunity in Northwest Arkansas to experience those equity gains, the appreciation in their housing. Yeah. And and then they, you know, they turn that money into their retirement nest egg and they spend and they put more back into the community and more back into sales tax sure. and that sort of thing. So. We have an opportunity. The more people we can get into home ownership in Northwest Arkansas, the more opportunity that they're going to have for appreciation and equity. And therefore, the economy gets built up in exactly. a very natural way, too. Because, Randy, as long as we have over a thousand people moving in here every month, like even if we did take a little dip in price appreciation and things got tough for a year or two, man. Over the long haul, owning real estate in Northwest Arkansas has proven to be one of the absolute best investments that you could ever make. 100%. And so, <laughs> and as long as these people are moving in like they are, it's like, that's not going to change. No, right? absolutely not. So, absolutely so we got to get people. And it's not, it's, it's hard for me to see these people that live in where we are now, you know, down here and work and put forth to our community. And maybe they're working for the, Parks and Recreation Division. Yeah. You know, maybe they're out working landscape in the municipal buildings for the city of Fayetteville. They should have an opportunity to build equity and have home ownership. Yeah. They're giving to our community. Absolutely. And so if we could put ourselves in their shoes and create a pathway for that with four or five different buckets of demographics, well, maybe that's a way to look at it. It is. It is. And in actuality, when you do programs like that, a lot of these other programs had the other unintended effect of creating employee retention. Mm, I could see that. Because in Massachusetts, they had programs that were tied to your employment at certain places. Mm. And so there was a benefit there. So if you worked for the city, Mm -hmm. the city would make certain down payment assistance funds available and it was tied to your employment there. And so you're going to have less turnover. Too. Absolutely. They're not going to bounce out of here. No. Get out no. of a rent. See you later. No. They got and, a home. They're putting in roots. Yeah. They're putting in roots. And these are going to be productive members of the community. That's right. Which is what we want That's here we in want. Northwest Arkansas. That's right. I mean, gosh, listen, I could go on and on. I mean, you you have really, <laughs> I appreciate you sharing this story. And, I, and I'm so, I'm so thankful that, that you were transparent with us and we're willing to share a little bit about what you what you've gone through and when I do this podcast I never want to it's never like an an outright sponsorship of anything that I do and I've actually been very mindful I've only had one other realtor on this podcast who happens to be a really good friend of me, of mine uh shout out to Chris Dinwiddy but I think that you know this is an area it's one of the largest purchases that we'll ever make 
but it is an area that is is an unknown for so many people. Mm-hmm. And they just need a little bit of information, which I know your agents provide, but there's still a whole lot more information that we could share with people so that they have a better, they can get their arms around the concept of owning real estate and what it means to have that piece of the pie, if you will. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's huge. But Stuart Collier, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. If anybody wants to reach out to you and just connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Sure. I'll tell you, email. Okay. Email. I don't even have a computer. I just look at it on my phone. <laughs> What's your email? The email. It's S Collier. Okay. S as in Stewart. Yeah. Collier at CollierHomesNWA.com. Yeah. And that's Collier, C-O-L-L-I-E-R. So just- And I would more, I'll say this too. These kind of things, it has nothing to do with the business. And I appreciate the shout out, but I would rather get an email from somebody out there that is struggling with drugs and alcohol over yeah. somebody wanting to buy a house. Yeah. No, I'm I hear you. you. I, like, I, I kind of figured that me, would be bro. the case. That is it for me. So, <laughs> so everything else is yeah, kind of secondary. Absolutely. But, and I won't even be the one to help them buy or sell a house. I'll send them to one of our agents. Right. But nonetheless, that's my contact. Yeah. Okay. Well, there And you- Randy, thank you. Like what you're doing with this podcast, I told my brother that, me and you were friends. And he's like, oh, no, dude. No, I know him. He's like, I listen to his podcast all the time. They're thinking about moving up here. Okay. And he's like, that guy's legit. He has a breadth <laughs> of people on there. He doesn't have an agenda. And he's just telling the truth about NWA. Yeah. That's what he said. Yeah. I appreciate so thank that. You, man. Thank you so much. That, yeah. that warms my heart. It makes it all worthwhile. Trust me, because there are some days when you get in here and I press record and I'm, I'm always wondering if people are listening. And it's so funny. I actually was just going through and you know, I've had a couple hundred thousand people listen to the podcast, which is it's big wow. for a hyper local podcast. Heck yeah, it That's is. That's huge. Yeah. And so, I, you know, I want to continue to do that. Where I'll be in 10 years, I don't know. Sure. But that's why I keep pressing record. It's good and, work. You know, that kind of you sharing that story with me means a lot. So thank you for that. Absolutely. It. Thank yeah. you. You're Absolutely. helping me. Yeah. You're helping me in my real estate business and you're helping me drive people to Northwest Arkansas and shine a light on this thing. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much, yeah. man. I appreciate it. And a shout out to Christine again for bringing us together. And now I have a new relationship. So that's really cool. I appreciate cool, that. Man. So, well, folks, that's another episode of the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast. To learn more about us or to read or download the show notes from today's episode, visit IamNorthwestArkansas.com. You can listen to this podcast. Sign up for our free newsletter to keep up with us and all things NWA. Sign up today. You can subscribe to or follow the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast wherever you listen to it. And please, please consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. Remember, our podcast comes out every Monday, rain or shine. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn, and we'll see you back here next week for another new episode of the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast. Peace. We hope you enjoyed this episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. Check us out each and every week, available anywhere that great podcasts can be found. For show notes or more information on becoming a guest, visit IamNorthwestArkansas.com. We'll see you next week on I Am Northwest Arkansas.